Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen, or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actors, singer, dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solak, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage, in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my courses, my programs, my free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.thinkific.com. My guest today is Melissa Berger. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melissa. How are you? I am so happy that you're here to talk to us today because I think what you do for a living is really intriguing. And I think that people don't really pay much attention to it until all of a sudden they think they need one and then they're not sure and they don't really know how it works. So I'm really excited to have you explain all of that. A lot of our guests are... Um, parents of kids and teens and also young adults who are pursuing careers in the arts in all parts of the arts so that would be broadway film television and the music industry so um you know any kind of um insight that you can give them as they go through their journey would be great but where i really want to start is your journey because I really feel like there's a lot of people whose kids want to go into the arts as a career and they look at it as not being viable. And so they steer their kids away from it. And so part of my passion is helping talented individuals get support. And so I would love to hear how it started. Like, did you, were you in the performing arts from when you were younger? I think the closest I ever got to be in the entertainment industry was my parents threw me into a... I remember being in the wonder years as like an extra back in the, I'm about to outdate myself, like how old I am. Um, I remember being in the wonder years for like as an extra. And then I remember doing a WWE or WWF at the time commercial with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. That's the extent of okay. my entertainment acting career. <laughs> so okay. okay. And, Did you and, and singing and singing in um, salons for my mom because when I was little, my mom, uh, I used to be able to hit uh, like a Mariah Carey note. I think this is why I'm so shy, like and traumatized singing in public for real, because my mom was always like, do it, like hit that note. And I think I was little and I used to do it all the time in like salons, like just for the hairdresser. I think it was like, really? I was, like eight, like it was crazy. But really? anyway, that's the extent of so my... you well yeah so you had you had that talent in there so what how did you end up landing in the industry then like what uh, was the journey a publicist yeah um, God, I'm gonna give you the cliff notes version I okay. I, have, I actually owe it all to uh one of my what one of my closest childhood friends um I grew up with since we were like 12 or 13 years old and she was Interscope's publicist for 10 years so I used to run around with her and she used to say to me, like, you'd be so good at this. Like, I don't know why you're not doing this and whatever. And I was always like, no way, Jose, like not doing it. But as I sit here now, like 12, 13 years later in the position I'm in, I always thought back to like 
high school or college or, or outside of school, I was always doing something that had to be related to public relations or marketing or something in that realm. Because if I wasn't doing this for a living, I was dance chair of like a sorority. So it was like, it was all like, you know, just, it was already, it was already there. It was already bubbling up. And I wasn't a very quiet person growing up. Um, I like to be friends with everyone. So a lot of people think like, this is exactly what she should be doing. I would love for people to understand how you got into it and how you started. And yes, if you could include where you are now, that would be fab. Well, um, a lot of people ask, the first thing they ask is like, did you study this in college? And I'm like, absolutely not. I didn't study this in college. But what I did study was communications in Spanish. So like you kind of put communications together. A publicist was never, ever, 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 like, I didn't even know what they did. I was like, oh, they write. Oh, are they editors? Like they write press releases, right? I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what they do. So um, I think it's one of those situations where it was the, it was always in the back of my head. And then my friend would tell me that. And then it's all about timing, like I would say. So when I was out of college, I did an internship uh, for, I was in the sports. Like I did the Colorado Rockies. I, I worked for their farm team as an intern. Um, and then I went to Vegas and worked for Pete Rose. So like I was on this path of just like going the journalistic PR marketing of a sports company, you know, I wanted to be the girl on the sideline. Like I wanted to do the sports stuff. I love that. And, um, I met a woman who was on TV at the time in Vegas and I was a 20, I think 26 year old girl, 25 year old girl. And I was obviously trying to work as many jobs as possible to get my foot in the door. And uh, I ended up bonding with her as a PA on a show that was just randomly in Vegas. And we started to love each other. And she's like, would you ever consider coming to LA? And I was like, absolutely not. I hate LA. Like, there's just, I don't want any part of it. And she convinced me, she got me a job interview at E. And she convinced me to take a interview with uh, the EP of a show called The Daily 10, which was on E, was right after E! News. It was like back in the day. And I ended up getting the job in a week time, packed up my car um, and drove to LA, hoping everything would fall into place with like no money. So I was like living on like my aunt and uncle's like extra spare room. And I was just making no money and just hustling at E as a PA. And um, as I got there, it was, I'm trying to give you the cliff notes version of it all, but it was like, it was an experience because I knew going into it, this is not something I should be doing. Like I thought maybe I would get my foot in the door in the entertainment space, but like being a, a PA is no joke. Like they, they just run you to the ground, but you have to do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Explain, explain what a PA is so that they understand what um, it's not a, it's not a personal assistant. Like a lot of people think PA sometimes yeah. a personal assistant. it's a production assistant. So, um, when you're, when you're in college or even when you're coming out of college, I wish more people would tell me about internships while I was in college, because I didn't even know about internships when I was in college. And, um, basically it gives you a, a three month, six month. If you're an intern going into that, gain experience and foot in the door with that industry. Whereas I'm in a different situation where I was a PA out of college at 26 and working a job for basically bare minimum. And a production assistant is like, 
you are doing everything that the bosses tell you to do. If it's running tapes, if it's running scripts, if it's, um, the good thing about E at the time is they let you be in these meetings and they let like the creative juices flow. And if you have an opinion, you can say it, but um, they basically just, they, they run you to the ground. That's just what it is. I, I did that for about, God, I don't know how long it was. I think I came to LA and I did it for like maybe six months. And in a weekend, my dog died, got into a car accident and I lost my job. But no, yes. But the crazy thing is, is my EP at the time, he pulled me to his office. So he's like, he pulled me in. And when he was going to fire me, basically, he's like, I'm doing you a favor. Like you don't belong here. You do not belong here. Like you're too creative. You're too this, you're too that. Like he just went down this list. He's like, Mm -hmm. I know you are probably super upset right now because you left everything where you're at but I'm doing you a favor, just trust me on it. And I was like, at the time I was so pissed. I was just like, I dropped everything. And I called my mom and I was like, what do I do? And she's like, give yourself a month time and figure out if there's something else out there for you. If not, I was ready to go back to Vegas, get my master's, go into teaching, like do whatever I was gonna do. And I ended up finding uh, this woman who was a publicist and entertainment publicist. And um, she gave me a month trial. So it was really weird how my mom's like, give it a month. And then in that weekend, like my dog died, got in a car accident, lost my job. So I thought my life was over. And, um, and I gave it a month trial with that. And I ended up lasting a good year, I think around a year. It was the worst, but best experience that I could ever given, I was ever given because it, taught me the things I do want to do and don't want to do. Cause at the end of the day, I was someone's assistant. So when I was their assistant, I basically worked bare bone. Like I was just, I was sick all the time. Like she would run me rugged hours upon hours upon hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I tapped into it and I'm, this is such a long story, but I had mentors of mine who are managers and they knew what position I was in at that time. They were like, you don't belong as that, that assistant, like we think Mm -hmm. you should go off on your own. And being only a year into PR, I was like, okay, can I do this? Can I not do it? So it ended up, the managers were like, we have this little office opened up in Beverly Hills. It's the size of a closet and we want you to move in there. And I was like, how the hell am I going to afford an office in Beverly Hills? So it turns out who owned the building was an agency. So I got my creative mind going. I'm like, how can I convince this agency that I'll help them with PR and their clients if they cut me a deal on rent? So smart. Smart. And I jumped. I spent my entire savings and life on this particular moment, got my LLC together, sole proprietorship, got the office space. And then I had uh, a DJ um, and an on-air talent from E!, uh, as my starting client and they were paying me nothing, like basically nothing. So that, then that entailed me just hustling, just hustling, hustling, hustling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it ended up all of a sudden I got a couple more clients and then I got Sundance for eight years. And then I got all these events and I got a partner and then I got, it was just like a whole thing. So sorry. long. So story. that was, no, it's great. That was, so that was the springboard. How important do you feel that networking was for you in all of those moments you just described? everything. 
I still think networking is number one in the position I am now. And I think that experience, um, it's really weird. I keep a mindset and this happened after COVID and I don't think I've talked to you about this much, but I know you probably understand it. But it's one of those things that like even recently I'm sitting back and like ever since COVID, like a lot of us haven't been going out, right? Like we've been kind of just stuck in a place and you know me, like I have to be doing something at all times. Yes. So um, as we got out of COVID um, and events started to happen a little bit or I would go out to a certain meeting, whatever. I just realized that like at that moment when I went to say like a premiere, I started bumping into so many people that I haven't seen in a really long time. And then it just clicked for me that like, like this is what it's about because like you have to network with these people. You have to say, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I still have these clients. Hey, like, what are you doing here? And it's it's just crazy. Like I, you kind of get that um that mojo going again. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I still got it. Like mm -hmm. I'm still that's a good way. That's a good way to describe it. The, that mojo, because I think there's a lot, like a lot of my clients who are young adults, they have a hard time with that. They don't know how to filter into the circles that they want to filter into or that they need to filter into. It's very difficult for me to teach them and make them understand how to go about doing it. And it's definitely a talent, you know, like I wish yeah. we had a chance we could actually teach a course on how to, how to yeah. network in the industry. <laughs> there it is. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and like networking for me is, is that's a gift. I think my parents gave me, like, I don't have a problem. I could talk to like a tree outside, but um, you know, you network, but it's also, you can always network your butt off, but it's also about the, uh, the quality of work that you do for people too. Mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. Someone could be a great networker and make these relationships, but not give the work or the quality that you need, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's crazy. You asked me that because I've been thinking about that recently that I was just like, I, I've seen a handful of people that I haven't seen in a while. And another thing is too, is that like, um, like premieres, especially I've been going on a lot of movie premieres lately. And um, as I'm working on the carpet and I'm helping my clients down the, and we'll get to that conversation yeah. later. Yeah. But even as I work and I do the work on the carpet, you're still networking with these editors on this carpet mm -hmm. and the photographers. That's a huge component. And I realized looking at everyone on that carpet, they're not the same people that I like kind of grew up in this industry with. So I have to keep hustling to get those relationships back, even though I know they're boss, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Even, even if they're like here and I know this and I can make a call, mm -hmm. I still want to work with those people because I want to keep a really good repertoire for my people. Yes. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, it's like, you know, other actors, other moms, other parents, other managers, other agents, whoever it is, they see you working on the carpet and they see that you're actually good at what you do. Like there's so many times where people will like, they'll be like, what's your name? And then, and I, and they find out who I am and they're like, oh my God, that's Melissa Brewer. Like, because our Cause community has been all email. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that happened last, the last premiere, the the Judy premiere. I um, I actually bumped into two managers that I've never met, never met, but exchanged emails consistently. But yeah. they, the good news about it was is that they got to see me work. Like, that's the best thing because then now they're like, okay, like, 
she, 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 knows, she knows. Yeah. You know, and you know what, too, I think there's a certain level of certainly expertise and, and, you know, experience, but you also have to have like a high level of energy in those moments and yeah. to be able to say what you need to say quickly and appropriately and concisely. So, and, and be friendly and be that person people want to be friends with. So it's definitely a huge talent that you have that not everyone has, but certainly if a parent has a kid who thinks they want to be doing musical theater on Broadway or they want to be in film and TV and they go that route and then they, you know, they find that they don't like the ups and downs of the audition process, they can fall into a position like yours if they have, and most people who are performers have that kind of bubbly personality, but you also have to be smart enough yeah. to know what to say, when to say, when to shut up, when to open your mouth. There, there's, there's a science to it almost, I think. You have to be really kind. Like you have to be just like a kind human being because it's like, we're not, we're not making a rocket ship. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like, it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. And if you're not kind to people, they're not going to be kind to you. And like, I always make sure that like, I'm literally kind to every single person that I meet because I think this world needs a lot more kindness in it, but also like our jobs are very egotistical Yes, and it depends on who you rep and how you work. But I want to be known more for the person who is easy to work with, get stuff done, but is extremely kind, empathetic, sympathetic towards their, their clients, their jobs, the people they work with. I mean, studios, networks, because like a lot, we need more kind people in the industry. That's I all. agree with you. I agree with you completely. And I think everyone wants to work with people who are kind and appropriate. No one wants to work with, you know, the opposite of that. I think that's an important piece of it. I think there's a lot of people that because of their talent get booked on projects and then they don't come back. They don't get booked again with that director. They don't go back because of that. I think that kindness piece is really important. It goes a long way to like get, especially with like you just said, the casting stuff, but also in the world of PR, which we can get into later. But when you're asking for things from the studio in the line of work that I do, that's not in the contracts. Like oh, if you yeah. are kind to them and you go above and beyond and you understand that they're busy just like you, they will do more for you than they'll do for somebody else. Isn't that so true? I totally agree with you. I think you have to always be putting yourself in the other person's shoes mm -hmm. all the time. Like inside my courses, I talk about what a manager does, what an agent does, what casting does, and what are they doing all day? Like think about what they're doing all day. And then you can interject what you need in that space in an appropriate way so that they're not you know, that you don't feel bristly to them, that you actually feel like you're saying a kind and oh, easy person to work with for sure. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I, I think, I think we have to pivot to exactly pivot. what it is that you do because people say publicist, and this is a pet peeve of mine. I'm just going to throw this in here. It's a huge pet peeve of mine when people who think they understand the industry use terms, um, in the, in the wrong way. People don't understand the semantics of the industry. So someone will use the term agent or the term casting director, or they'll use the term casting agent. What is that? I don't know. Um, I'm an agent. I'm a publicist. I'm, I'm, are you really? Like, are you? Yeah, and, and they don't even know what, you know, they really don't have a real true sense of what it is. And I get it. They're trying to kind of, some people try to fake it till they make it, but it is nice when you are dealing with people who are in the industry and someone new comes in and they're honest about that. And they say, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is that you do, yeah. you know? And I think it's important that we get that out there so people understand. So 
in general, like if you were to give the elevator speech of what is it that a publicist does just to give people that sense of a general kind of what the job entails, can you, can you do that? Is that asking a lot? I mean, you've known me for how long and I, I can't think of a straight answer of what we do. Like every, it all changes. Everything, like, you do everything. Like the, the Webster dictionary, just like the title of what a publicist does. We're not writers. We don't write editorial. There could be publicists in every different demo. There could be publicists for people, musicians, um, organizations, film, independent films, corporations, Fortune 500 people, like across yeah. the board, there's so many publicists for everything and everyone has a different job to do. So I would say like, for what I do, I do entertainment PR. So when that, when you put that in a little bubble, that means I pretty much do talent actors, musicians, film people. Um, but I do venture off and get into organizations. I can do films or I can do a project. It just depends on how I feel about it. Like if I mm -hmm. feel like I can do something with it, I'll take it on. Sure. Um, so what, what I do is I make people brands. Like that's how I like to call them as brands because a lot of publicists will just be like, oh, all we do is we pitch and we just like get articles written about them and all this stuff. Whereas what we do is we actually get to know our clients, take, uh, we figure out if we can do something with them based on their projects or who they are and, and what their outside interests are. And then we kind of create a tree. So like when we create a tree, they're like kind of like the stump, you know? So like when they grow, they have all these different branches to them. So it gives me the opportunity to think creatively and how I can pitch them to different outlets. It could be magazines it could be like a magazine like a nylon or a glamour or a cosmo or a gq or even the regional stuff like the regional artistic stuff um it could be there it could be the local networks then you have like the tv talk shows like you have the daytime talk shows good morning america the day show the view like then you have like the nighttime show. you get what i'm saying so yes we we pitch all different sides of media um just to create a narrative and a brand about your client and what they're promoting, um, which would be seen technically when people get publicists to be seen, which means a casting director can see it, a director can see it, a producer can see it. And then it starts to create traction for that person where they, they go into a casting and they already have a book of media that they've done. And it's, a, it's automatically for casting. It's like, okay, they can get media. So that means they can promote our film or our TV show or whatever, book them. So, and then obviously the day and age of social media, that's a whole different thing. Like we have a social media arm and that's a whole different conversation. But, um, but also on top of that, um, we're like your assistants or your, where you're like your, your juniors, we're like your mom, like we're a bunch of stuff because we, we are that person that's on the carpet as well. Who's in between the media and you. We guide you on carpets. We guide you during um, uh, press junkets, premiere time. We go to things with you. We protect you from media narratives if you need to be protected. Um, so yeah, I mean, does that give you like the little basic yeah. runaround? Yeah, yeah definitely. Just, a good publicist is just gonna have to be super creative and developing different narratives about you, like to create a buzz. And mm -hmm. I mean, if like you're Tom Cruise though, I feel like Tom Cruise, Nicole Kim and Beyonce, like all these big names, they literally have publicists on retainer every single month because they just need someone to maintain the media. They're not pitching. They're just like maintaining it and creating it and saying like, 
you know, if a lure comes to for Beyonce, her publicist is going to go, yeah, she won't do it. She won't do it unless you give her a cover with like eight pages. So it's a lot of, you know, sales negotiating of things too. And knowing sure. your somebody has a child or a teen or if someone's a young adult and they're just getting into the industry, say film and television, and they've booked uh, some projects, maybe they've gotten some co-starring roles or some guest starring roles. And they're thinking about, do I need to be thinking about a publicist? Like, when is that time? Because I find that there's a lot of parents that get super excited about their kids, teens, or young adults being involved in the industry. And they think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little puppy dogs, you know, like, oh, I need a publicist. And, um, you know, so I, I wouldn't want someone to, you know, jump the gun and spend the money if they didn't need to, or if it was impossible to get any kind of press. So what, where is, is there a line drawn in the sand somewhere that, that you would have a guideline of sorts as to what a parent should do? Like, obviously if, a, if someone books a lead in a movie, yeah, now it's time to jump, but where is that space in between there? I mean, I think it all depends on it all depends on the project and their role. I know that's like really like just easy, just blank yeah, statement. Yeah, it's true but though. It's, yeah. So like when I get, I, I've taken on recently since COVID, taken on a ton of kids, taken on a ton of teens, um, a lot of projects that like okay. are really young driven, you know, your mm -hmm. outer banks. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. I have a, I have a 13 year old from SVU. Like, I mean, I have, I've had a lot of kids on Nick and Disney um, and it's all based on like their role. Do they have a full name? What is their character about? Because there's a lot of young adult and kid outlets out there that they can kind of start to target. But I would tell the parents don't expect like a massive Teen Vogue or 17, depending if you are the lead in a show like Outer Banks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, if they have a guest star, a recurring, if they're in four out of the eight episodes, great. Even if they're in three out of seven, if there's a pivotal moment with their character, it, it's 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 good to promote. It's like case by case basis, what I guess I'm trying to say. Is sure. that like, if I have a conversation with you, I would tell you very transparently, you don't need me. Like you do not need me to do PR just yet. It's also about the project. Like who are you in it with? Like, are there names with it? Like, what kind of like storyline can I tell these editors to talk about you? Um, have you done anything else? Like, th there's all these components. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of publicists out there that'll tell you what you want to hear. And they'll tell you what you want to hear and they'll take your money. And mm -hmm. they'll just run with it. And being a green parent, like getting, say, like a blog that's like 10,000 people, you you might get really excited because you're like, oh my God, that's great. Like, da, da, da. But at the end of the day, it's not really great because it's not moving the needle, not moving the needle, even though you should be doing a kind of like the, the, the lower hanging fruit. Cause you have to build it. What's after that? Like what, what else do you have set up for that? Do you think that you can get enough press and movement for that? Because you'd have to think like you, even if you don't get the big mainstream things, but you start to get consistent work with like you're building with like blogs or digital magazines, that's so great for your team to have because they can send that, uh, to the casting directors that they're going in to see that they're relevant, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. so it's all a case by case basis. If you think you have something that's good, consult with a publicist to see if that's the right fit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually known to take like a rock and put it into like the media, which is crazy. 
But um, I will tell you no, if it's not the right thing. Mm -hmm. So if a parent or if a young adult who's just starting their career wants to take a meeting with you, you would obviously do as you just explained, but what's the timeline? Like, should they be, if they know, okay, I booked something, I'm shooting it this summer. It's not going to air until the following year. What is the timeline that you would need as a publicist to actually get things moving? I would imagine there's a quite a bit of time that you're going to need to ramp something up. Yeah. And it's really, it's got the time frame of stuff when the people shoot something, you know, you have something so great. And they're like, oh, not for another year. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Cause you just can't wait to like start to do it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we like to start three months before a project. The reason why you start three months before a project is because we're working on editorial time. Um, so if hard copies of magazine still exists, which are, they're not, they're very, kind of very rare. Um, they usually work three to four months out. So yeah. you want to be able to pitch these editors if you want to get print the opportunity to put you in that around the same time frame that show's coming out or that film's coming out. Um, but also digitally blogs, like all that stuff. You have to remember these people, you're not their only person that's getting pitched. So they might be at Cannes Film Festival for a whole entire two weeks and you're pitching, say you get, you get about a month. They give you about a month before this project comes out. I'm going to tell these people like, you really have given us no time because that editor of that magazine is in can for two weeks. So you tell me that's enough time for that. So like I said, three months is good. The first month is all about getting to know them, creating the bio, doing PR pictures, creating the pitch, and then start to kind of just like put the, the, the bug in all these people's ears and mm -hmm. just not, rushed, you know, because if you feel rushed, you're just gonna, you're just gonna like throw to a wall to see what sticks and it's just not. Yeah. 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 And I think too, when things are rushed, at least for me, when things are rushed, it's difficult because then you're having to ask for favors and yeah. that makes it, that makes life difficult too, especially if you really feel passionate about the client, which we do about all our clients. And it's just, yeah, even in my space, it's, it's tough if it's too quick. Um, yeah, and you'd be shocked. I've been getting a lot of people that are like, oh, it comes out in a month and a half. You're like, oh my God. But like, that's not their fault because the studio told them that. And it's like, mm. that's so the other job about a publicist is being involved with the studio's PR and speak, fighting on your behalf with the manager, like nonstop fighting. Like I want them involved in the PR movement. I want, what about B-roll? Where are you putting that? Is there an exclusive photos that are going into entertainment weekly? Like there's all these ideas, but all these studio, we can get to this later. I'm sure you're going to ask me about the studio thing, but, um, but like, yeah, but also like, remember too, like uh studios and networks they have screeners so they they send that out to editorial people so that the editors if you're part of a tv show or a film like they have to watch it so that's the other time frame too is getting those screeners oh yeah and these yeah so that's why we say for three months it goes three months and then it goes month to month after that with a 30 day out Mm, okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned the studio thing. Cause I was gonna, that was my next question. Perfect segue only because yeah, we are, you know, every project and parents need to understand this young people in the industry need to understand this. Anybody new, I keep saying young people, but any new actors, you know, that are, that are in that space, um, they have to understand that there's a marketing department for that film. And that marketing department is going to be a big part of who your publicist would have to work with. And so 
That's an interesting space because I would assume that they want to control the press that's going out for their film. How much leeway do you have to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know you're saying, yeah. And <laughs> I, this is no offense to you, but I look at that as the old way of thinking. Okay. Because I've dealt with all these studios and networks. Okay. They welcome outside publicists. They want you to get an outside publicist because their bandwidth is so small. Um, and they can't do it. And not to be very crass, but unless you're the lead, they do not care about you. That's just plain simple. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not gonna PR you. They're not gonna market you. They're, and if you ask them about things, they're gonna laugh in your face and be like, we're not your personal publicist. Like, what are you talking about? Their responsibility as a network or a studio is to make sure that their film and or TV project does well. That's all they care about. Unless Absolutely. you're Julia Roberts like, and the leads. But even if you're the lead, they're just going to do the bare minimum as well. Like they're just going to let, because the, the leads technically have a publicist. Like they have a personal publicist. And they're just going to kind of like do what they want because they're the leads, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, they can pick, can't the, can't the lead characters um, piggyback off of what the marketing department for the film is doing by using their own publicists to get other opportunities? Yeah, I mean, marketing is so different from PR. So it, marketing is paid placement. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the billboards, it's the buses with their faces on it, it's mm -hmm. drops or it's 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 a B-roll picture thing that they're going to do something with. Um, okay. It's not like personal PR where you have your own publicist pitching out interviews and features and profiles for this particular project. But you also want to... Um, you also want to like make sure that you're taken care of on a solo level because you could have other things to promote on top of that. So that's what's good about having your own personal PR. Um, the studios, um, in terms of like even, how do I, I'm trying to put this in a good way because like I, I literally just got off so many projects, but they, you, you literally with the studios, you have to fight to even be a part of the premieres. Like this is why they don't care. Like. This is another good reason why they don't care. Mm -hmm. So um, you can piggyback off stuff and I could ask questions to their PR team and marketing team, but they're going to tell me the same darn thing. They're just going to go, here's the talking points. Just make sure if your person's doing this, they say A, B, C, and D, and just don't do any spoilers. That's what they're going to say. Like that's, mm -hmm. they welcome us because they literally yes. don't have the bandwidth for any of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted people to understand that because I don't think that, that everyone quite realizes, you know, how that, how that works detail wise. I also think that like, it's very, and, and a lot of, some managers or agents do this. And it, it, this is one thing that really infuriates me is that when someone has a project and the project's going to be great. And it's like, say it's a TV show and you're like, Oh, this is going to be so good. And you talk to their managers and you're like, hey, and then they write back and go, or they say to you, yeah, you know what? We're just going to sit on the first season and see how well it does without a publicist. And I'm like, why would you ever do your client a disjustice of that if they could technically afford a publicist or is willing to work with someone financially as a PR? It's like, why not strike when the iron's hot? You're going to sit and wait on the first season to see if they get a season two. And then if you don't get a season two, now what you now they're back 
now the client's back to auditioning for something else and you just wasted an opportunity. Wasted a massive opportunity. And like, what, what the problem is, is like they see free. They see free. But what they don't understand is free is not beneficial to you. Absolutely. And if people can't afford it, they can't afford it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you just can't afford it. You can't afford it. You know, publicists are expensive. And we'll get that to mm -hmm. that later, later, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I get that part. But um, a good publicist who wants to work with someone works with a budget that potentially you can uh, work with. But we can mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about the differences between someone who's a publicist and they're working on their own as you are versus a company that has multiple people working. How does that, does one benefit um, the actor more than, than the other? Um, is, are there specific differences in the way they function? Um, do you still, even if you are working with a bigger company, do you get assigned one publicist to work with you? How does that work? Um, you're asking what the difference is <laughs> an independent firm compared to a big firm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get that. Um, well, I, I, number one, the huge difference is the price point that like, that's number one, but, um, so I want what people to realize is that people like myself choose to have a smaller company and have a roster of 15 people, maybe 10, maybe 20 compared to another roster that has 300 people on it. Because I could speak on my behalf. Like I like the personal attention I could give to each one of my clients and make them mm -hmm. feel like they're cared about. Mm -hmm. um, I get excited for them. And then like when you're overly saturated with so many clients, like the bandwidth of it is crazy. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll put juniors or interns. You'll never see like your main publicist's face. If Reese Witherspoon has a premiere and you are on that same roster and the same event, the same day, where do you think that publicist is going? Mm -hmm. You're going to get the junior or the assistant. Mm -hmm. So there's that part. Um, and what I want a lot of people to understand is we come from that world. So those, those publicists like myself, um, which is, it's happening a lot, they're leaving big firms. Um, and they're leaving big firms for a lot of different reasons, but we come from that world. So I started off at like a medium size, kind of not like large, but she wasn't a corporation, but she was a pretty big, decent firm that represented a lot of people. I did all the work, like I did everything, but I was like, okay, I could, I could do this by starting my own after a year. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. I got offered those jobs at those big corporations, but I turned it down because the reason why I turned it down is because when I like my job, I love my job. I don't want to ever not love my job. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also their relationships at these big firms are the same relationships I have. So they're talking to the entertainment director. I'm talking to the entertainment director. So it's basically based on what kind of projects you have. Cause like a lot of the mainstream world, like when I say mainstream, I say all those big outlets, like the Esquires and the Vogue's and Vanity Fairs mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. If you were talking about print, they usually feature one celebrity per, per issue per month. They have like, I can't, if they have, you know, Nicole Kidman, I already know that I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get her the cover of Nicole Kidman. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, the other thing too, is that like a lot of people think because they have these big names, that is the association with it. 
And that's all smoke and mirrors because these publicists are not going to be able to, oh, well, if you have Bradley Cooper, you're going to be able to do a deal for like my kind of guy who's like a working actor to put him in GQ. Absolutely not. Because these editors have a job to do as well. I'm not saying like it might not happen. Like there could be different ways that they do give and take or whatever, but it's very few far in between because a lot of these editors have a job to do as well. So it, it does come down to relationships. It comes down to your projects. It comes down to even like your publicist, like actually caring, like yeah. what you're yeah. trying to tell. But it's a journey. Like it really is a journey. Mm -hmm. like, I'm very blunt about it where I tell them flat out and you've worked with me and you, you yeah. probably vouch for me, but sure, um, absolutely. I'll know right off the jump. If I get a new person, they're like, well, we want Cosmo. And I'm going to say to them, honey, I talked to the entertainment director. There's no way in heck that they're going to give you Cosmo yet, but we can build to it depending on the project. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're very blunt about it. Like it's, yeah. it's very, it's important. better that way. It's better that way. I don't want to because... give something like that and especially like this is a, a parent kid thing that I, I know that you do like it's a it's a class and you know all that stuff like they got to build like they're so young that like yeah. they have so much opportunity to build and to get to that level that they want to get to mm -hmm. yeah yeah but, yeah and big firms um it just baffles my mind that people will pay that amount of money yeah let's talk about the money let's yeah well like like give people a, a range of what it costs to hire a publicist um you know for that three month time frame like what is what's the range well it depends <laughs> i course. mean okay so after covid that i know a lot of firms that big firms mostly have gone up a lot like a really lot. really yeah. yeah you can't even like i mean i can say numbers just on my opinion um and what i've what i've heard and seen is a lot of them won't take anyone on or take a meeting unless you're paying anywhere from five to 5,500 a month. You might get some at around four, but um, a lot of these firms are now are, are, are starting there. We base our rates on a base rate. Like we do base rates and every person's different. Every project's different. If it music is totally different than theatrical, mm -hmm. completely yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, if you're a musician, literally like you start at five and you go all the way up to 10. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's even more at this point. Yeah. Um, but we started like every firm is different. I don't want to speak on every firm. Behalf, sure. Yeah. Just to get that, that even what you've said so far definitely gives parents and young people a, an idea of what the costs are. I don't really think everyone realizes that that is their responsibility, that if they well, want a publicist, it's their also, responsibility. So we like to stay around the, just depends if a, like you're an up and comer and you have one project is your first thing. And you're like, listen, I don't have like this type of budget. Like we're willing to work around, like, I would say like three to 3,500 mark to start. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. kind of do a sliding scale from there. Mm -hmm. uh, if I really want to work with someone and they want to work with us, I'm willing to have a conversation about certain situations where we can kind of adjust things here and there. I don't mm -hmm. want to like value our work because like we do yes. that amount of work as a big PR firm would do. Um, but yeah, but like, that's where it kind of ranges. Yeah. I know it's a ton of money. Um, yeah, but, but you know what I think, I think people have to understand though, with that publicity comes, as you said earlier, it comes um, ammunition that can be used by 
the um the manager or the agent with casting with a project you know there's it's going to open more doors for them and they're going to ultimately be able to make more money with what they do for a living if they go this route it's a matter of when is the right time to go that route you know and because things are so up and down with you know auditioning and getting a project and working on it and then that project being done and then wondering what's coming next unless of course they end up on a, you know a series that continues to run um you know it's a, it's kind of a tricky thing yeah and i do have a i do have a handful of clients that you know they'll call me after they go into an audition like when they did the in person stuff and they call me and they're like i'm like well, how did it go you know like i but i have a personal relationship with all my clients so they're I like yeah they're like um they had a book of my press and i was like really they're like yeah they're like yeah they had that they literally had the articles i did like in this book and um i think a couple of weeks later they got the jobs but not to be like it works and so and, and one other thing that i would I, I forgot to say is that in my company retention's really big for me so i want to be able to have the same clients for however long i could have them for i know there's people go on hiatus when they don't have projects but i'm still around like I still have the same clients for 13 years, 10 years, seven years, eight years, because that's just the kind of atmosphere that we bring, you know? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. we're doing something right if we have yes. everyone like, still there. And they always think of us, even if they're not on the books and we haven't talked for like two years, they always come back. So I like, love it. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, li I like what I do, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I could tell just by the look on your face while we're talking, you know, you could see the joy that you have that you, I'm serious. Trust me, there's, it's not all peaches and cream, as you know, like there's, yes. there's a lot of times where, but I, I think that's you and I talk about all the time. It's like, it's really good if you question where you're at, like, is this what you should be doing? Because it's mm -hmm. challenging. You know, yes, like yes, yes. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say challenging. And, and there's a, I would think that there's a certain thrill to when you actually are able to, you know, get the opportunities for the client and they're excited. And, you know, it, it's yeah. part of the excitement of, you know, I hate to say cliche Hollywood, you know, it's part of it. Yeah, so it's, it's like, I mean, not to toot the horn, but like recently I just got my guy Vanity Fair for an exclusive and just seeing his face and his his team called me and was like wait what like how did you get that I was like what do you mean how did I get that like this is what I can do like because like his team was new to me so like they didn't know they didn't know what I could do and then it's funny because then I turned it around and I'm not gonna say much names but she was like I have this girl she's been out of the limelight for a while but she's getting married and I was like, well, why hasn't she done anything with like people weddings, like people magazine? He's like, she's like, oh my God, can you get that? I was like, what? So I like made a quick little thing. Yes. They gave her that and they gave her a page in the magazine. And then the Hollywood Reporter placed it in the Hollywood Reporter. And I just sat back and I was like, not to toot my own horn here because I never do that. I never like kind of give, I'm really hard on myself and it's like really hard to like pay attention to, but like just by, I was with that client that got the Vanity Fair exclusive yesterday. And just to see where he's at before we start, I've been with him for seven years now, but just to see him where he was at before that, and then the show happened 
and he had all this press, but then the Vanity Fair happened to now he's had so many opportunities. Like he filled me in yesterday on all these opportunities that are coming his way. And sure. he just got like a massive audition for like an Apple TV series as a lead. Like, and, and I'm sitting here going like, that is so cool. Like that's the coolest yeah. thing. Yeah. Because wanna... you're, you're a yeah. part of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and he's gracious. He's like family to me now. So he's like, he's like, you know, he gives me my flowers when they're due, but I don't acknowledge it a lot. Like, I'm just not that person. Like, this yeah. is what I do. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. And yeah. Just, yeah. Succeed is really cool to watch, especially the kids, like the, the kids from like, you know, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, that I just did my guy from that. He's so green and he did a killer job on this whole entire PR run. But just to see his excitement and just like his love for it, I was like, this is so cool. I hope he, I, I hope he continues. Like mm -hmm. my girl, like that was crazy to watch. So yeah. Anyways, I don't want to like, yeah, no, no, it, you know, that's all part of it. I, I, It's part of why I do what I do as well. You know, it's the excitement of being able to lift people and help them and, and see that, see that enthusiasm and the joy and all the things, you know, and, and, and to do it in a kind manner. You're the same. Like, I feel like we're the same person in a body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. Okay. So Melissa, this has been great. So tell us how people can get in touch with you if they have interest in having a meeting and, you know, having a discussion about themselves or about their child or teen. Um, okay. So you can find me on social media, obviously. Um, I'm really active on Instagram. So if you want to find me on Instagram and like direct message me there, or you want to go to my page just to see, what I've done or who I rep. There's like little bubbles that say like press and all that stuff. Um, my Instagram is mbergerpr. It's M-B-E-R-G-E-R-P-R. And then um, you can find my email address if you want to reach out to me by email. It's on IMDb platforms. Um, but if you want to email me, you can email me at melissa at mbergerpr.com. Awesome. And then if you want to, I don't know, you can hit up Lisa. Should there you go. I will. I I will connect you. I absolutely will connect you. I better get uh, like a hundred thousand new followers just by putting my Instagram out there. Shameless plug. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Melissa. This has been great. That has been fun. I, I want to do it again. Yeah, definitely. We should definitely do it again. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you. If you'd like to follow Melissa to keep up with all that she's doing, follow her on Instagram at mbergerpr and join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more info? Visit lbctalent.thinkific.com and follow me on socials at lisasolak underscore lbctalent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.